1: bibles you can write verse five the first part of verse six is conversion this is real change this is a turning point for saul it's the most important turning point you can ever have in your life but notice this this was a turning point in the history of the world one of the most unlikely people ever to come to christ is captured by the love and the grace of God.
0: Have you ever looked back on your life and noticed that a day, an event, or a decision helped to shape how you got where you are now? Maybe it was a simple yes or no that turned out not to be so simple. History is full of men and women who, by their choices and action or inaction, affected the lives of hundreds and millions of people. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the effect conversion can have on a person. You'll hear specifically about a most unlikely candidate for the changing power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You'll be reminded that God can make the same kind of change in your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. we will be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Acts chapter 9 as he begins his message, Under His Influence, Changed Lives.
1: Hear your lessons for you can turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 9. How many knew that Walmart had a new logo? Let me see your hand. How many had no clue they had a new logo? All oh, the advertising people would kill you. <laughs> well, see, there was a change at Walmart. What is a change? It means this different transformation. It means in the in the Christian terminology conversion. You see, what happened with Walmart was this. I watched a documentary on MSNBC the other night. It was an hour long. It's very interesting. A few years ago, a new president, new CEO came in and they had asked people who shop at Walmart, as you know, the number one retailer in the world, what do we do to make it better? And as a result of people talking, They came in and put massive change in the Walmart. Obviously, they have a new logo, but that's just a symptom to kind of give you an idea of what's changed inside. And here's the things that they did. People said they wanted cleaner stores. Well, to have cleaner stores, if you remember the old days, you try to get down the aisle and it was like, you know, whatever. There's stuff piled up here. So they had to get rid of all that. That meant nothing way high, no stock up there. That meant they had to be way better with their inventory. And they did that through computers. Then they designed wider aisles. You've seen the wider aisles. And then what that happened is people said, we hate the clutter. The wider aisles eliminated that clutter. And then they had a plan. You can go to almost any town and... United States, you'll find a Walmart. You would say, well, there's no more growth here. Well, there is plenty more growth. They had a whole division that goes out and finds these places. And it's really interesting to see how they do this from a corporate standpoint. They're still making changes. But here's the issue. They know that there is a limit at some point where? Here in the United States. So where are most of the Walmarts being built now? One country. Can you imagine who? China. That's exactly right. 1.3 billion. We've seen the Walmarts in China. So they have made a change for the better. Now, this whole series is about change. It's about coming under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Let's remind ourselves what under the influence means. It means to have an effect upon, to shape, and to regulate. Today, we're going to look at To change lives. The first individual is not a follower of Christ. Not interested in Christ. Not interested in anything that Jesus had. But God is going to radically change this individual's life. The other change will be, well, he'll be an individual that's already a Christ follower. But God's going to come in and he's going to stretch, stretch this Christ follower. Now, we have both of those kinds of people. We have people that have not turned their life over to Christ yet. You're not into the God deal. You're not into the Jesus deal. You might be in religion, but you're definitely not changed yet. And then many of our people, probably most, probably 80% of our people listening today are already Christ followers, and you kind of have it made. We're all set. No, no God wants to change us radically in our lives. So be open to change. Now, the first thing I want you to do, if you're taking notes, and I encourage you to do this, I want you to think of a person today, a friend, a coworker, a relative, that if they came to the Lord, if they were really changed and converted, you would never believe it. The most unlikely person you could ever imagine coming to the Lord. Now, we all have those people you've gone across, you've witnessed to them, they said, no, no, don't ever call me again. So I want you to write down a person's name, an actual person's name on your note. Somebody that you would say, there's no way that person's coming to Christ. Just write their name down. The most unlikely person that you know. We're going to meet the most unlikely person in the world today to come to Jesus. But there's still many around. Now, as you think about that, how do I know, and why did I ask you to put that down there? Because of this next statement. First thing to write in your notes. No one is beyond the reach of God's love. The name you wrote? is not beyond the reach of God's love. Why do I know that? Jeremiah 32, 27 says this, I am the Lord, the Lord of all the peoples of the world. Is anything too hard for me? Now, to be very honest, some of you were on somebody's list before. You were a hard nut to crack. Am I right? And when you came to the Lord, people went, no way. And so there is hope. Today, for every single person in our world, and we're going to see change. Now, if you've been coming to this church for a while, you can finish this next statement. Actually, two of them. If nothing changes, nothing changes. changes. All right, let's just think about opening illustration, Walmart. They've changed. If you go to the stores. Significantly different, not just on the outside, in the inside. Let me give you two names. When I was being raised, they were the place to shop. Kmart and Sears. What happened? If nothing, walk into their stores. Change went went right by them. They're basically out of business. Have you driven by some of our stores here locally? Kmart and Sears? You wonder, Linda, I went by Sears. go, who's in there? There's like seven cars. How did that happen? No change. Could that happen spiritually to you and to me? Well, the second statement you want to say is this. If something changes. Okay, that was really weak. So let's see if we understand the principle. If something changes, something changes. So that's where we are today. God wants to change you. And he wants to change me. And it's an ongoing change in our life. We begin in Acts chapter 9, verse 1. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. And he went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus. So that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. We're introduced to a man named Saul of Tarsus. He's a really zealous religious Jew. Even though he's religious, he's under the influence of Satan. He's probably in his 30s. And in Jerusalem, where he was based, he watched this new Jesus movement. And it began to expand and grow. And he went, "Uh uh-oh, this is going to be a threat to Judaism. So he had a passion to kill and imprison Christ followers. Why? Well, he knew Jesus was dead obviously nobody is raised from the dead. And he knew that these Christ followers were totally deceived as they followed this thing called the way. Now, a little time out thing, just an interesting note for you. The way is a great name, actually, because it probably came off of John 14. Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth and the light. Now, in the 70s and 80s, Satan's an amazing deceiver. He got a group of people together. They named their whole organization worldwide. Guess what name they chose? It's called The Way. And it was totally a cult. Totally false. Way out of left field. I don't even know if they're around today. But isn't that amazing, just like Satan, to take something as a great name and then put deception into it? Well, as Saul began to do his deal, what he began to do was he became a... Interesting, a spiritual bounty hunter. He went 140 miles north from Jerusalem, six-day walk into this area called Damascus. And he was going to bring Christians who had fled the persecution in Jerusalem. They fled all over the world. Many of them landed in Damascus, Syria. But God had always been working on the heart of Saul, even though he didn't know it was God. Verse 3. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. Notice, as always, who makes the first move. Saul isn't seeking out God. Saul thinks he's right with God. God gets his attention. Do you know God... Knows how to get our attention as well. You see, God had a plan for Saul's life. In fact, we know that before Saul was even born, you'll see later, God had a very specific plan for his life. Next thing I want you to write today should be an encouragement to you. Just write it like this God has a plan for my life. Put your name in there, Mark. And what is his plan? Well, the real plan is to change and come under the influence of His Spirit. To stop doing my thing, which Saul is doing, and come under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You see, from the moment you were created, you were created and designed to live under God's influence. Some of you as yet have Not turned your life over to God. And because of that, God's plan is on hold. But the moment you do, amazing things will change in your life. No, you haven't sinned too much. No, you don't have too much baggage. Of all people, you're going to see an amazing change from Saul to Paul. Verse 4. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice Say to him, Saul, so why do you persecute me? And Saul responded, Who are you, Lord? And from heaven are these words, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. We already heard the response to that. I'm sure it was, Oh no. Because see, Paul was zealous. He was one of those perfectionist kinds of people. He always had to have it together. He had to have it right. He had to be in control. Now what's he notice? Well, the one he's persecuting because he's dead is speaking to him from heaven. Jesus is alive. So Saul immediately responds. The New King James says this. And he said, Who are you, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting. So he trembled and astonished. He then says, Lord, what do you want me to do? In your Bibles, you can write verse 5. The first part of verse 6 is conversion. This is real change. This is a turning point for Saul. It's the most important turning point you can ever have in your life. But notice this, this was a turning point in the history of the world. One of the most unlikely people ever to come to Christ is captured by the love and the grace of God. Well, what shall I do? Jesus responds, now get up, go into the city, and you will be told what to do. Do we have any control freaks here in the services? If you live with a control freak, raise your hand. Let me see. Yeah, your your spouse is one of those, right? Praise God. What do you think Paul was? He's a control freak. He tells people what to do. Notice what Jesus says. You get up, you go into the city, I'll tell you what to do. The next thing you want to write, This is the reason change comes. What's a change look like? God is now in control. We become his servants. You see, for a person that's a control freak, and I have to admit to you, I'm a little bit of that. If my wife was here, she would say a lot more than a little bit. I like things to go this way. But see, when you come under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you're not in control anymore. Your body is not your own. You become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so this is a great adjustment, but a wonderful change for Saul. Verse 7, now the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. We know in two other passages in the book of Acts, Paul tells this story. So we get a little tidbits from different places. Verse 8, Saul got up from the ground. Well, when he opened his eyes, he couldn't see anything. So they led him by the hand into Damascus, and for three days he was blind. And look at this. He did not eat or drink anything. What was happening during this change? We don't really know. But you can read a lot of Saul's teachings. Of course, he wrote about half or more of the New Testament. What do we understand? I'm sure he's thinking, how could I have been so wrong? Why in the world did I miss the Old Testament? Saul, being a Pharisee, would have known all the prophecies that were there, but he just read over them. No way this Jesus was that prophet, the Messiah. So he probably beat himself up a little bit, but I'm sure he just said, Thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy. I don't deserve this. I don't know why you came to me, but thank you so much. Well, while he's contemplating the change... God's at work in someone like you, someone like me. Many Jews had escaped Jerusalem during the persecution and gone to places around the world. One of the places they went was Damascus. We're introduced now to a man named Ananias. He's like you. He's already a believer. His day starts probably like normal. He has no idea there's going to be a radical change. But he submitted to the will of God. He knows he's not in charge. He's just a servant of God. He's going to be challenged to be bold and to grow in his faith. Verse 10. In Damascus, there was a, notice, a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ, named Ananias. And the Lord called to him in a what? Tell me. A vision. Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. We know from Acts 22 that Ananias was a godly man. He was devoted to the law. He was well regarded. So he had a great reputation. In other words, people knew that he was a follower of Jesus Christ. Thank you for having a reputation. Not just wearing a red band, but matching it. Thank you for having a reputation of knowing God. Well, how do I know that Ananias is under the influence of the Spirit? Because he... He says, yes, God, what do you want me to do? He knows who's in charge. Verse 11, the Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul for he's praying. Ananias in the vision is told to go to Straight Street. If you could go to Damascus, you'd find it. It's still there. It was a main thoroughfare in those days, 2,000 years ago. It's still a main thoroughfare. It's a place that was known everywhere. Notice how specific this vision is from God. God directs Ananias to the house of Judas on Straight Street. And that's where he'll find this Saul of Tarsus. Pastor Mark, does God really direct us that specifically? Yes. Now, most of our direction from the Lord today doesn't come from visions, but you're going to see in a moment, God still gives visions and his house was a vision. Very often God speaks to us in lots of ways, but remember any vision you have must match the word of God. That's how God really speaks to us. He's speaking to you and I normally from the Word of God. But he does give us visions. Now, if you have a vision and God tells you to do something and it's against the Word of God, that's because you had pizza with everything on it last night. (laughs) When you and I came to the Holy Spirit, we showed you the benefits we have. And we gave you a little illustration from our iPhones. When you come to God and ask Jesus Christ to come into your life, The Holy Spirit comes to live in you. What do we get? The Holy Spirit assures me, teaches me, reminds me, enlightens me, comforts me. Ah, he guides me. And he helps me pray. And he empowers me. What you see is exactly that. Notice, Ananias is under the influence of God. And he's going to get direction. In a moment, he's going to get assurance. If you're a Christ follower, God wants to direct your life. He wants to give you specific things to do in your life. We have to be open to that direction. We have to be flexible to that direction. That's exactly what happens in the life of Ananias. This Wednesday, I was going up to teach at a group of men around 30 or 40 up in... In the beach area, one of my guys who lives in the school of ministry has something every Wednesday for men. They're just all different churches, some unchurched, all kind of things. Anyway, he'd been after me to speak for a long while, and I finally found a date I could do it. And I already had my teaching ready. I had it ready before I went to uh, Singapore and Hong Kong. I get up that morning, Wednesday morning, went over my notes, ready to go in. God changed everything. <laughs> now, I'm normally a very organized guy. I don't stick to my notes, but I have my notes. And I have them typed out, highlighted. I know when the PowerPoints go, all this stuff. You ought to see seen my sheet that I taught out that morning. All scratched out because all the other points were gone. He kept me in the exact same passage, First Kings chapter. I was exactly there, but everything changed. All my points changed. So they're big and random. What does that have to do with anything? Well, who's in charge? So God said, nice Bible study, you use it another time, I'm going to give you a new one.
0: Pastor Mark reminded you in his teaching today that if nothing changes, nothing changes. The story of Walmart is an object lesson for you to remember to be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you and through you. Pastor Mark told you again, using the conversion of the man Saul into the Apostle Paul, that no one is beyond the reach of God's love. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue his teaching under his influence, Changed Lives. You'll hear more about Saul's conversion as well as being introduced to the Christ follower, Ananias. You'll hear how God wants to stretch you and get you to trust Him more and more. You'll learn some of the tactics that God uses to grow you in your walk of faith. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series called Under His Influence. That's next time on Lessons for Living.
1: In a hurting world, a new hope he is giving.